Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 59. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. How you doing, Pete? We're two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So we're down a man tonight again. You know, I, I don't think I've ever told anybody this, and I might get killed. This episode may never make it out, but Matt actually worked for the CIA. And so when he's gone, you know, he's, he's out of the country. He's, he's fighting the United States fights for us. So, no, he's, not, he's really not in the CIA. <laughs> Matt, Matt's just a little under the weather, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if he were in the CIA, though, I feel like. I didn't know where you were going with that, but I was along for the ride. <laughs> so it, it dawned on me at about 7.30 that we really didn't have anything to talk about this week. So we, we, we being me, decided we're just going to talk about what's upcoming at Disney World here in the next two, three, four, five years. Really, everything that's scheduled to, to open before Disney World's 50th anniversary. Before we get into that tonight, let's go, as always, to Tom with the news. What do we got this week, Tom? Yeah, but a little bit of a light news week. Uh, we'll go ahead and start in Magic Kingdom here. Magic Kingdom Fairy Tale Fireworks Upcharge will be returning to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, in 2015, Disney introduced upcharge events that allowed guests to, to cruise on one of the Seven Seas Lagoon ferry boats and enjoy desserts, drinks, uh, and see the night fireworks. And it looks like it'll return in, in 2018. The Fairy Tale Fireworks Upcharge event will be a sparkling dessert cruise. It'll be available for guests beginning this week. So this is. October 28th, so it's it's starting this upcoming week, and it'll set sail on select Sundays and Fridays through the holiday season. The upcharge event begins 75 minutes prior to the start of the Happily Ever After fireworks and lasts for 90 minutes. Reservations can be made now online or by calling Disney World. I believe the admission cost was $99 for adults and $69 for children. Again, the, the age for children is ages 3 to 9. And that does include tax and gratuity. And it also includes a special souvenir get, uh, souvenir cup, or, or a special souvenir, rather, that guests can take home. So we, we've given our opinion on upcharge events. I really like the projections that happen on the castle. So I, you would miss that, obviously. Uh, so keep that in mind. You, you would see the fireworks, but you would miss the projections. Uh, and, and you would be able to hear the music. Uh, so for most of it, you, you would be able to experience. You'd be a little bit out of the crowd. It, it's probably a little more intimate of a, a viewing for the for the fireworks. So it's an option this year, and obviously Disney thinks there's some interest. That's why they're bringing it back. Also, staying with the upcharge event uh, theme here, new upcharge event now available for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Guests who are attending the Very Merry Christmas Party can now purchase an additional upcharge experience. It's called Tony's Most Merriest Town Square Party. The add-on is $99 per person. In addition to the Very Merry Christmas Party ticket, it begins nightly at 9.30 p.m., and it will last from then until the end of the party. Guests can sample small plates, desserts, drink from a selection of wine, beer, non-alcoholic beverages, and enjoy reserved seating for the nightly parade. Guests can pop in and out as many times as you like. It's not something that you have to stay at. Uh, So keep in mind, you can come and go. The only major concern I see here is how expensive it would be. I mean, that's family of four at Disney World. 
you're already in a hundred bucks for your very merry hundred bucks person for your very merry. Now you're in two hundred. I mean, that's eight hundred, nine hundred to a thousand dollar night probably. That's that's expensive. Just on very merry Christmas party ticket and the now Tony's most merriest town square party. Now for what you get, it's it's value. It's kind of a value. Yeah, I mean, okay, if you think about it as okay, this is our dinner. I mean, and there's no limit on what you can eat or drink, right? Correct. So if you think of that as dinner, all you can eat, all you can drink, it doesn't it doesn't seem like that much money, but I mean, I certainly wouldn't take my two-year-old to this if she were going to be charged $100. I, I certainly wouldn't take my 13-year-old to this. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's because of the alcohol options and, you know, sampling small plates and desserts for that for three hours. You're right. It's not that overpriced, but you're taking a, a kid. You know, a lot of people are taking, most people are taking children to Disney World. And I don't know that, I don't know that their interest would be here. I think they'd either want to be meeting characters, doing the attractions, seeing the decorations versus going into Tony's Town Square to sample a ton of different foods. I mean, when I was that age, it was, it, it was and still is chicken strips and fries. So. And there's no way to just do this, right? I mean, it's, you're all in. You have to do not so scary and and this. Well, very merry, yeah. You have to I mean, I'm sorry, and, very yeah. merry and this, yeah. Correct. Yeah, there's no. Can we just come into the park and do Tony's most merriest town square party? No, you're doing it all. And f- from experience that I've gone to a couple upcharge events at Disney World, you don't really have enough time, in my opinion, to do both of these. Uh, I I've, I think there's too much to be seen and do in the park, whether it's attractions, whether it's meeting characters, whether it's meandering and looking at decorations. Whether it's, I mean, you know, desserts are, are an attraction here, but you get desserts all throughout the park. You know, you get cookies, you get hot chocolate, you get, you know, candy, whatever you want at these upcharge events. So, you know, I'll be very interested to see how this one does. I do not anticipate it being successful. Moving to Hollywood Studios, and this is kind of some disappointing news, but that's what we do. We, we report the news here, and this actually came from uh, WDWNT. They have been reporting that Disney's made a decision to cut hours at Muppet, Muppet Vision 3D, with the attraction now only open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily. I, I know some individual attraction hours are subject to change, and the reduced operating schedule looks like it is currently planned to be in place through at least April 22nd of 2019, but it could be we're on the, uh, on the edge of another cut within Hollywood Studios, and a change may be happening at Muppet Vision 3D in the near future. So to me, this doesn't scream death now. You know, it hasn't gone to a seasonally operating schedule yet, which is typically what happens before they cut out an attraction. But the reduced hours are, are often a first step to that. So you really hate to see that with this attraction, especially with Pizza Rizzo just opening. I mean, this is really the only Muppet presence in the parks, right? Other than the show at Ma- uh, Magic Kingdom. Yeah, the, the great mo. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So when Pizza Rizzo opened, to me it felt like it strengthened Muppet's vision, Muppet Vision's long-term position at Hollywood Studios. Absolutely, I agree with you. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. You get Pizza Rizzo opening. I mean, that's another Muppet presence in the park. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is just an anticipation of hey, crowds are going to be down at Hollywood Studios until Galaxy's Edge opens. That's really the only justification I can think of for it. Well, while we're talking about if thing is getting cut to a seasonal seasonal service or reduced hours. Let's go ahead and talk about Pizza Rizzo. It's also uh, going to be switching to a season service right next door to Muppet Vision 3D is Pizza Rizzo. We've been referring to uh, formerly Pizza Planet. 
Uh, it's only been open, I think, like two years, uh, but it looks like it'll be closed for the foreseeable future. Disney has not said when this quick service spot will reopen. We'd imagine once attendance picks up throughout the holiday season that they'll have to reopen it simply from a capacity standpoint. There have been some less than satisfactory reviews here. The traffic was really low, and a lot of people cited the menu as a big issue at the restaurant. Nothing's totally certain. We don't know what's going to happen. I would be stunned if it doesn't reopen, at least when Galaxy's Edge comes, because again, foot traffic is going to be crazy through Hollywood Studios then. Well, did you go here when it was Pizza Planet? Uh, yeah, I've been for both. Is there a, is there a difference? I mean, there's, it's the same to food, me, it's right? Not a huge difference. I mean, and I and I'm a I like pizza. I mean, I'm like an American that like everyone else. We all like pizza usually, and I don't think the pizza was ever good here. You know, if I'm getting pizza in Hollywood Studios, I'd rather go get it at Mama Melrose's, and I usually don't even order pizza there. But it's the same that they they didn't have to do a lot to make it Pizza Rizzo. They had to change the theming. The menu's pretty much identical. And I think Pizza Planet had kind of worn off already. So maybe people were thinking, you know, new menu, new items, and it's just kind of the same old, same old. So that area is under question for me right now. Yeah. Well, and at least until Galaxy's Edge opens, I think a lot of Hollywood studios is kind of in that same boat right now. Even, even I don't think Toy Story Land is has given quite the boost that Disney anticipated, maybe. Yeah, it's tough to tell if Disney, if Disney anticipated it to be larger than it is because... On our podcast, at least, we tried to caution everyone saying, you understand the e-ticket attraction is still, it's Midway Mania. We already have the e-ticket attraction. You know, they're, they're simply just re-theming an area and adding two attractions that aren't going to be the to the wow factor that Midway Mania was and is. Well, but I've heard very good things about both Slinky Dog Dash and Alien Swirling Saucers. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say they're not good attractions, but I just, I think people are holding out for Galaxy's Edge at this point. I don't think that anybody is planning a trip to say, hey, we need to go see Star Wars, or excuse me, we need to go see Toy Story Land. Hey, listen, I'm a prime example. My last trip to Disney World, we actually still opted to not go to Hollywood Studios. And it had just opened. Mm-hmm. And we still said, you know, it's not. it was not enough for us. Moving to Disney Springs, we hit on this briefly last week. Uh, the World of Disney has their grand reopening ceremony. Uh, it's been under refurbishment for over a year, but this past weekend... Work on the massive store, it looks like, has been officially completed. And Disney threw a grand reopening ceremony to celebrate. You can find videos on YouTube. You can find pictures online. The theme is drastically different, in my opinion, on the inside. But you still have the same Disney uh, you know, souvenirs and, and items in there. I think it's a little more subtle than it used to be. It's not Disney in your face from the decoration standpoint. There's more natural light let in. And then one of the nicer things, they have wider aisles now. And if you've ever been there, that's a really, really crowded store pretty much all day, every day. So it was often you were bumping into people, you were bobbing and weaving to get around people. So to widen it up and space it out a little bit, I think they took some of the little kiosks out so people can move a little more freely in there. And the last bit of news we have, this falls under our general news section looks like disney is now offering real rewards for guests who earn in-game achievements on disney play uh, so if you don't know i'll give you a brief summary disney play is essentially an app you you log into when you're in the parks and some attractions have games they have achievements mini games you're on leaderboards and it's 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 something to pass the time i mean if you're standing in a queue as much as our cell phones are in our hands already in general life and in disney world Disney's taking advantage of that, and there are, you know, kind of achievements and missions for you to complete 
Uh, so Disney has, has offered digital rewards and achievements for completing tasks and games in Disney Play. But for the first time ever, guests who compete and complete the quest for select attractions, including Peter Pan's Flight, Space Mountain, and Toy Story Mania, you will unlock the option to purchase collectible trading pins that feature the same design as the in-game achievement. These pins cost $14.99 plus tax and are available for guests who complete challenges in the app. So I bet when I told you the title, you thought Disney was going to give away a free souvenir. But no, come on. Can't can't be serious. It's still Disney. I, I just, they are so desperately trying to get people on board with this. And, and this is just kind of the next step. I, I don't feel like that any of these kind of mobile games or anything like that that Disney's done have a huge presence in the park. I mean, you think of Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. I mean, how many people even know that that is there? Exactly. So they, I, don't, I don't think I they do a very good job. Yeah, I don't think they do a very good job of advertising this in the first place. But I mean, whatever. You get the ability to buy a pin. Hey, listen, people people are going to do it, Pete. People are going to buy them. It sounds like Pete's not going to be buying the pin. I'm not going to be buying the pin. I probably still will not be doing this mobile experience either. Hey, I'll tell you another tip. If you want a phone game, you can play Pokemon Go bouncing around Disney World too. No, I mean, look, cell phone battery is at a premium enough as it is at Disney World. So really, you need to conserve that. I don't know. I, I think I have the best time waiting in line at Disney World just, just talking, you know? There's enough to do and see, and especially with some of the, the different queues and the things Disney has done inside of the queue, there's entertainment to be had. And if you do Disney the right way, hopefully you're not standing in standby lines. And just day. people, just people watching too. And and you're right. Hopefully, you're not standing in those standby lines long enough to to even bother playing this. Right. So no more news. That's it. Uh, unless you have anything you want to add. I mean, it was pretty light news week. No, I don't. I don't really have anything. Well, with that, let's pause for just a minute here to hear from our sponsors. Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that the Mendu WDW podcast sent you. So your family is coming to Orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. 
Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, so let's get right into it here. Let's start talking about what is coming to Disney World. No real hard and fast limits on date range here. I just kind of threw everything down that, that, we've, that we know about that's coming. I'm sure that there's some things that we've missed. Hopefully it won't be anything major. Hopefully it's minor stuff that we missed. Let's start with, what do you want to go, park by park, or how do you want to do this? You know, we can, we can try and navigate park by park. I mean, there's enough going on. Spoiler alert, we're not going to have much with Animal Kingdom. You know, Pandora just just kind of stole the show there, but we can go park by park. Okay, well, let's start Let's start with Hollywood Studios then, I mean, because that's kind of the, the most major thing that's coming. And of course, we're talking about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, as well as the new Star Wars hotel that's opening. Yep, let's go. Let's dive in. So Galaxy's Edge. What do we know so far? We know that it's opening fall 2019. We know that it's at Hollywood Studios. It's replacing Streets of America, you know, that whole backlot set, as well as the old lights, camera, action, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of play area back there. The land itself is set on the planet of Batu, which is supposed to be kind of a remote outpost, kind of like, I guess, Moss Eisley was on Tatooine. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you've obviously never seen Star Wars before. Don't have any business listening to this, so just fast forward a couple of times. Well, and I and I'll give you a, a, an image, I guess, of Batu. If you've done Star Tours in the last year or so, they kind of end with a scene in Batu, so it, it sets the stage for Galaxy's Edge. And so this this land is going to have two new attractions, as well as a cantina. And and a marketplace. And what I've heard about the marketplace is that it's going to be kind of open air. You know, I kind of compare it to the the marketplace at Morocco. So it's very open. There's like canopies and lots of little stalls as opposed to like shops. So I think that'll be really integrated in the land. I think it'll be really interesting to see how they how they accomplish that. So what what are the attractions that we have here? What I mean, by far the one I'm most excited about is a Millennium Falcon attraction. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you get to fly or perform some other task on the Millennium Falcon. Now, when I think of this, I instantly think of Mission Space and how poorly this could go. But no, 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 let let me, I was just going to say Disney has listened because from all the, and again, a lot of this is still going to be speculation from us, but it does sound like when you're in Galaxy's Edge, you almost have a profile. And when you do the Millennium Falcon attraction, you will be rated on how successfully or proficiently you perform the tasks that are put out in front of you. Well, not only that, apparently your performance on the Millennium Falcon or with the Millennium Falcon is going to impact the actual ride itself. So it's going to impact, your actions are going to have a direct impact on the ride itself. Which is awesome. Yeah. So if you don't jump to hyperspace on time, maybe you crash into a planet. I don't know. I don't think Disney's going to kill you off, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be the premier track. And, and again, I mean, I think everything about Star Wars Land is going to be absolutely incredible. I'm sure you can hear my voice. I'm talking with a smile because I can't wait for it. Millennium, the Millennium Falcon is like a childhood dream. Like the, everything with Star Wars, like everyone knows the Millennium Falcon, even if you don't watch Star Wars. So I'm yeah. really, really excited about this one. Yeah, I, th- I think this is going to be really cool. And I'm, I'm eager to see how Disney pulls this off. 
I know that they've been working, I think, with NVIDIA to kind of design the graphics to, uh, you know, to, to be able to handle what, what they're going to be showing you. So really excited to see how Disney pulls this off. The second attraction, and, and I'm excited about this. I have heard Imagineers refer to this as the most epic attraction they've ever designed. So f- what we know about it is that guests will ride a resistance transport ship that'll hold eight guests. You'll be transported to the middle of a battle I believe in a Star Destroyer's shuttle bay between the First Order and the Resistance. Now, the cool thing, they're building two full-size AT-AT walkers for this ride. I don't know how they're going to factor in. I don't even know what kind of ride this is. When I think about this, I think about Pirates of the Caribbean at Shanghai Disney. You know, that kind of ride experience, I could be way off. But, but that's kind of what, I, what I'm thinking for this ride. I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about this one. I feel like the main focus has predominantly been around the Millennium Falcon. So, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I would love if they brought something similar to the Shanghai Pirates of the Caribbean. But Obviously not going to be a boat ride. You're going to be in a shuttle. But, but would, that could still work. Would they describe that as epic? To me, epic says something like something you've never seen. Well, I mean, I would describe the, the Shanghai Disney Pirates of the Caribbean as pretty epic. Yeah, I guess to me it makes me think maybe Disney's doing something te- new technology. But I mean, you you think about the scene where you know all the boats float up to the surface. Float up to the surface is ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I don't I don't know enough about. It. I I guess I'm I'm still skeptical on this one. So hopefully we'll get some more information on this as as it comes. But I mean, we're a year away or so at this point from uh, from Galaxy's Edge opening. We don't know. We don't know. It could be April, and it could no. It won't be April. It, it, it's going to be the fall of 2019, but yeah, a little over a year will be my guess. We're, we're getting close. So what else is here? They, there is going to be a cantina here. There are going to be unique foods and alcoholic beverages, including, we are told, the blue milk that uh, features, I mean, it was in like one scene, but people went crazy about it. So they're going to have blue milk. I, whatever. <laughs> I mean, but, I'll try the blue milk. I'm not going to I mean, lie. this is this is actually a bigger deal for Disneyland than it is for Disney World because this cantina, and it's it's called Ogus Cantina, is going to be the first place at Disneyland that you're going to be able to get alcohol. So we've already got that at Disney World, obviously, but but a big deal for Disneyland. But still excited to uh, excited to see this. There will be some famous Star Wars characters present in this land. Uh, Chewbacca and BB-8 are are two names that I've heard tossed around, but um, no no word if they're going to be character experiences or if they're just going to be walking around. I would expect, you know, in order to really get this immersiveness that Disney wants, they're going to have to have you know like animatronic shopkeepers, things like that that are that are characters themselves. I'm totally with you. I I am was going to say that if you didn't mention it. To me, they have to let them roam. They, you, you can get away with it at Disneyland, and for whatever reason, you've never been able to get away with it at Disney World. People swarm characters, and it's not it's not safe. I mean, they can't roam, but they need to be, from the get-go, so accustomed to seeing characters roam that people act normal around them. You know, even at Hollywood Studios, I mean, even with some of the Star Wars stuff, you know, you have the Stormtroopers. They don't, it's roped off, but I mean, they're kind of roaming. I was going to say, that's a little bit more controlled than what we've typically seen. Well, well, I mean, even when I was there late at night, there were two stormtroopers, and they had a handler with them, but they were just roaming the park. I mean, they came up to me and said something. You know, and, mm-hmm. it's, and to me, maybe Disney's trying to slowly implement that into Hollywood Studios, because if I, to me, I want Galaxy's Edge and Batuu to 
to operate like its own planet and for people to roam and act like they're, they have a task at hand, they're working there, whatever it may be. I mean, I want it to be totally immersive. Like I have just stepped into a new planet. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's what a lot of people, I think that a lot of people have that expectation. So the other thing that is coming to Galaxy's Edge, and we don't have a whole lot of details about this. There is going to be a Star Wars hotel attached to Galaxy's Edge in some way. What we've heard about this is that it's going to be, it's it's being pitched as a kind of multi-day adventure. So think like on a cruise ship and you will apparently have access to Galaxy's Edge from this hotel. So not really sure which direction they're going to go with this, but everything that I've heard points to a smaller hotel that's going to be very expensive. I've heard like 900 to 1,000 bucks are not expensive. That's insane. But people will pay it because it's Star Wars. And I've heard it's going to be fully immersive. It is going to be... So the multi-day adventure experience, kind of like a cruise, and your profile or record will follow you around. So, I mean, maybe maybe you get on the bounty hunters list, and or maybe you swing over to the dark side uh, throughout your experience here. You know, Jedis will be able to... Jedi trainers will be able to notice that. This is supposed to be... You know, it's probably going to be very family and kid oriented, but you're going to have Star Wars fans come out of the woodwork that are well into the adult age that want to, that want to have, you know, wield a lightsaber and be a Jedi. You know, I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. Like, I, I like Star Wars. I'm excited for Galaxy's Edge, but I don't know that I could do a multiple day immersive experience at Galaxy's Edge. Like, that just, it doesn't do it for me, but... I know there are a lot of people out there that uh, that are very excited about this. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a big, big part of what they're going to do. And, and if they're really going to capture the immersiveness, especially for the folks staying in this hotel, I think, you know, us begging for the characters to wander in this planet to almost operate as if it is a fully functional planet, you need, you, you're going to need it to operate. So this hotel really is a hit. So anything else on Galaxy's Edge? Nothing else on Galaxy's Edge, but we do have something else coming to Hollywood Studios. And this, to me, is kind of the final piece of, uh, you know, we had Toy Story Land, we have Galaxy's Edge, and then Mickey's Runaway Railway will be like the final piece of the new attractions coming uh, in the near future. This makes me so angry. Yeah, it, I'm shocked Pete's even going to comment on it. Uh, it. To give you just some background, it's a two and a half d ride. So it'll be 3D without glasses, which I think that's awesome because sometimes his glasses aren't the most comfortable thing in the world. And it'll put you inside a new cartoon. One fun fact is it's the first attraction that's going to feature Mickey Mouse as the main character. I did Disney World, and I don't believe Disneyland. I don't think either of them have an attraction that features Mickey Mouse. So that's a you know pretty cool. And I, it sounds like guests will see the premiere of a new Mickey cartoon and pass through a movie screen, be transported into the cartoon and into a wild adventure. The ride will have a plethora of hidden Mickeys. And some that are not hidden Mickeys. I mean, obviously, it's a Mickey Mouse ride, right? There's going to be some not hidden Mickeys in there, too. And from from what we hear, Goofy's going to be your conductor. Yep. So I'm sure he'll screw something up. And uh, and as a result, your your ride will not be quite what you envisioned. Uh, you know, they could have built this not at the Great Movie Ride. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I'm excited because it's Disney. I mean, one, if you're going to replace the Great Movie Ride... You better bring the heat. And we all know Hollywood Studios needs more attractions that funnel people in. I mean, the Great Movie Ride still did a pretty good job of it at times. And you'd see 40, 50-minute waits there. So. And not only that, the Great Movie Ride had a huge capacity. I mean, you think about how big those cars were. But what kills me about this is the Great Movie Ride was the last holdout from 
the old Hollywood and MGM studios. There, there's nothing left from those days anymore. Times are changing, Pete. No, I know. So this kind of points to the new direction that Disney's going. We're not really celebrating movies anymore. We're celebrating specific movies. And I don't know how Rock and Roller Coaster fits into there, but whatever. I guess it does. Well, we'll leave it at that because we don't. There's not a lot out on the Runaway Railway. I mean, Disney's kept it pretty pretty quiet. You know, it does sound like there will be new technology. Obviously, two and a half D, you know, minus three D glasses, is not something that we've seen yet. So that'll be interesting to see how that works and what it looks like. And and listen, like I said, Disney took away a staple of history when they took away the Great Movie Ride. So I saw some pictures of them tearing up the inside of the Great Movie Ride. It just Rip my heart out. You just rip my heart out. You shouldn't look at that, Pete. You just shouldn't look at it. All right, let's let's get away from Hollywood Studios. I I might start crying. (laughs) You lead the way wherever you want to go. Um, let's go. Let's let's just go kind of general, because there's there's a couple of things that are coming, and they kind of go together. One of those is the the gondola system that Disney is building right now, and that that's the Disney Skyliner. The other is a couple of new resorts that that are being built. So what do we know about the Skyliner system right now? We know that it's messing everything up at Hollywood Studios as far as parking and where you're going to go. And- <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. I think Disney's goal for this is for it to be completely installed before Star Wars Land opens. So sometime next year. But again, we don't really know. They haven't really announced anything. Um, and, and from what we can see from the plans and everything else we know about this, this is going to be similar to... I mean. You see these all the time at, at fairs. There used to be one that connected Fantasyland to Tomorrowland. Now, obviously, these these vehicles are going to be a lot bigger. They're going to be enclosed, but not air-conditioned, apparently. I still don't believe that. I, you're not going to get me to believe that. I, we'll see. I mean, you'd think a glass box in Florida in the summer would be a bad idea without air conditioning, but that's the, that's the rumor that's out there right now is that these are not going to be air-conditioned. I just, again, I cannot believe that. I'll be stunned. I, I will come on this podcast and eat crow, but I guarantee you <laughs> it, they will have air conditioning or they will have some sort of ventilation, uh, some something. It's not just going to be a closed box where it's like, all righty, toodaloo. <laughs> it's <laughs> 2,000 degrees flight. in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is going to connect. There's going to be six stations. It's going to connect Pop Century, Art of Animation, uh, Caribbean Beach, and the new Riviera Resort to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. So kind of part of Disney's revamp. Look, people don't want to just ride buses anymore. They want new innovative ways to get around. So Disney has started the minivans, which apparently they've been a success as expensive as they are. They've still been relatively successful. You see them all over the place down there. Here's my question real quick. You know, the minivans started with select resorts, got some more resorts, and now they've kind of spread out everywhere. For the gondola system... Can you only use it if you're staying at one of those hotels? I don't think so. I mean, you think about the monorail. Can you only use the monorail if you're staying at one of those resorts? No, but I mean, I guess the only time you'd want to use it is if you were going to, from Epcot to Hollywood Studios, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I think so. As a general guess, if you're not at one of those resorts, you, you would or have if, no Or purpose. if you were wanted to see the Caribbean Beach Resort for some reason, because why Just would you want to go bus see... wouldn't work. I mean... Yeah, why would you want to go see Pop or Art of Animation? Yeah, it's a fair point. Maybe Riviera when it opens, just say you went, but I'm with you. Possibly. So I I don't think it's going to be limited, but I don't know why you would use it if you weren't staying at one of those resorts. Okay. Well, that that uh, if it doesn't have air conditioning, you won't catch me dead on it. I'm fine with the bus. I'm okay with the bus because the bus is pump it. Unless you're staying at Pop Century. 
I mean, mm. that's a decent that's a decent bus ride from Pop over to Epcot or Hollywood Studios. I bet it's a decent Skyliner ride too. <laughs> Yeah, that's Wouldn't true. you rather be in a decent bus route with air condition? Yeah, but if it cuts your t- travel time in half. That's true. One, you don't have traffic, and two, you're taking more direct routes. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you from a progress standpoint, if you were to look on, on YouTube or you were to go to Disney World right now, you would see some of the, uh, what is it, pylons? I mean, there's got to be a better word for me to use than that. And, and you'll see, you know, the station that they're working on by Hollywood Studios and some of the resorts. You don't. You, there's not actually any cable up there yet, and, and there's no cars up there or Skyliner, whatever you want to call vehicle. Them. I mean, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call them. But 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 it it does look like the the progress is coming along nicely. And to me, they need to increase their ability to move people in the masses before Star Wars Land opens. So before Star Wars Land 2019 is probably a really really good guess on Pete's part there. So two new resorts that also are under construction. We talked about the Riviera Resort. This is going to be a Disney Vacation Club property near Epcot. Again, it's it's going to be connected to the Skyliner. And what we've heard about this is that you will be able to see both the nighttime shows from Epcot and from Hollywood Studios. So whatever the replacement for Illuminations is, as well as, I guess, what, Star Wars Galactic Spectacular? Mm-hmm. So you will be able to see both of those from the Riviera Resort. But it is a DVC property. The other resort that does not have a name yet just got announced last week uh, last week or the week prior but yeah in the last two weeks at least guaranteed so that this is going on the old river country property i don't think any construction has begun yet i think we're kind of in the permitting stage still the expectation is that it's going to be kind of wilderness themed but really not a whole lot of information on this have you heard anything else not not anything more than what we've shared it, it it'll add a, sign- a decent amount of rooms. You know, Disney as again, it's it's all about capacity and it's continuing to grow. Disney's numbers are continuing to to go up, and I, I do think once everything opens, you know, twenty twenty. When's the fiftieth? Is it twenty twenty one? Twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna have everything we're still covering with you by then. So, uh yeah. I mean, it, it we'll we'll continue to report on it as we hear and learn and find out more. You know, this is a great piece of property for Disney to develop. I mean, it's in a great location. It's close to Magic Kingdom. That that real estate is valuable because, you know, you add more resorts. Do people really want to stay out by Animal Kingdom? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think more resorts by Magic Kingdom that are not deluxe resorts. And again, we don't know. This, end, this could end up being a deluxe resort. But anything that is closer to Magic Kingdom is preferred by a lot of people. All right, so let's go over to... Epcot next. Why not? We've got a good amount going on at Epcot over the next couple of years. You know, we've talked about some rumored pavilions. None of that has been officially announced yet. So we're going to kind of leave that out. There's expected to be just a general refresh of Future World. We don't have a whole lot of details on that. So we're not really going to mention that much. What we are going to mention are what we know. So we know that there are a couple of new rides coming. And we know that there's a new restaurant coming as well. You want to start with the, I say we start with the the rides and then we hit the restaurant last. Let's start with Ratatouille. All right, let's start with Ratatouille. So this is going into the French Pavilion. Now, I'm not really clear where exactly they're putting it. I'd imagine in the back of the pavilion because didn't they have an open spot next to? Yeah, and, and there's aerial pictures of where they're going to put it. It's hard for me to explain it. But yes, there are, there are there's an aerial photo of where the where it's going to be. I don't believe it 
messes really with any of the World Showcase layouts, but well, I, I guess did it take over part of a parking lot or something like that? Is that is that right? I thought it was maybe taking over some of a cast member area parking. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, this is and we'll we'll come back. This is the same attraction from what we know that is at Disneyland Paris right now. It uses a pretty cool trackless ride system that that's obviously used in the Ratatouille ride at Disneyland Paris, but it's also used at Pooh's Honey Hunt at Tokyo Disney and. Mystic Manor at Hong Kong Disney. So kind of the idea of the ride is that guests are shrunk down to rat-sized, and you you sort of follow Remy through the kitchen of uh, Gusteau's restaurant, and you're chased by the cooks, and you know you go all over the place trying to escape into the dining area, and and there's obviously a lot more than that. Uh, if, if you'd like to get an idea, there are all kinds of videos on YouTube of this ride. But for me, the the biggest thing about this is kind of this trackless ride system that they're putting in every ride that you go on or every time you ride this is going to be different because the vehicles are kind of free to roam that's that's the most exciting part of me trackless ride technology i'm at and i'm all i'm all for new attractions in the world showcase uh, we can all use a break if you know what i mean going through the world showcase so if you do world showcase like tom does world showcase at least well, I learned from Pete, so uh, that that was a uh, he's a good teacher for how to do the World Showcase. But I don't know. I mean, I, I've watched the video of Ratatouille. Uh, I've kind of seen what it's about. It will be a fun ride. It's not going to be, you know, maybe the wow factor that is Flight of Passage, and it's not going to be, you know, the thrill factor that's Rock and Roller Coaster. But it'll be a really fun ride. It adds something to Epcot. You know, some of the complaints with the World Showcase is that. You know, you, you have the kids and they have Kid Cod, and then you have folks over 21 who often will enjoy beverages. And then you, where you, how are the tweeners doing? You know, you've got your 13 to 18-year-olds. You know, how are they enjoying it? And these are the types of attractions that you need to put in there uh, that will help them enjoy the World Showcase more. So I think it'll be a really good addition. And I, I'm not a huge fan, I guess, of Ratatouille, but I'm excited for the new the new ride technology. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I don't, the movie doesn't do anything for me, but uh, but yeah, I'm just excited to get another attraction at World Showcase. So we do have an additional attraction that's coming to Future World, and that is the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. We, we don't have a whole lot of details on this ride. We know that it's going to be an enclosed coaster, and in fact, it's going to be one of the world's longest enclosed coasters. And it, it also has what has been described as an innovative ride system designed to wow guests. Now, I don't know what that means. There have been some patents filed that have shown, and, and there have been pictures of the ride vehicles, what are supposedly the ride vehicles, showing that they sit higher above the tracks to kind of hide the uh, hide the track system, and, and also that they have some ability to kind of twist on, the, uh, on their bases. Don't know how that's going to integrate into the ride. Hopefully, we'll get some more information. This isn't expected to open until 2021, so we've got a long time before before this. You know, we see this ride in action. But I mean, they've already started construction on it. You know, the buildings have gone up. They poured a ton of concrete to be able to to hold this ride and to to offer support for it. And it replaced one of Tom's favorite attractions. Yeah. So it, the queue area is replacing you know Ellen's Energy Adventure. Which which was you know the your favorite fifty minute snooze fest. I mean that was a what a forty five minute ride. Forty five minute ride. Yep. That is that is crazy. 
you know, I've I've looked at you can find pictures of what the rumor mill claims to be the ride vehicles. If if this ride, so part of me thinks because you don't go upside down in it. Uh, there's no inversions. No, and it's supposed to be a family attraction, which which tells me, okay, yes, this is going to be a roller coaster, but it makes me think more Space Mountain and less rock and roller coaster. Well, I'm hoping that the ride vehicles, like because the seats, we are assuming, let, let's assume the rumor is true, and they do sit above the track and they can twist. I'm hoping you twist backwards, and you know, the, you don't know which direction you're going. I mean, I think of Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think of some of the characters in that movie and how wildly stupid they are sometimes. So I hope the the roller coaster reflects shows, that. It reflects yeah. that exactly, like malfunctions, that kind of stuff. Well, you know, you think of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. How it's it's a roller coaster. It's a family style roller coaster, and there are animatronics integrated into that. I would think that this Guardians of the Galaxy ride is going to have to have scenes that you go through similar to that. I just hope it's fast. I mean, I, I know they're calling it. I mean, I hope it's like 40, 50 miles per hour fast. Well, I've, I've have heard that it is a launched roller coaster. So, I mean, you got to expect that it's going to go quick at least. It's, yeah, it's probably mean, not going to get test track speed. Slinky Dog's a launch roller coaster. I mean, well, yeah, exactly. So, the big delta between Slinky Dog's launch and rock and roller coaster. You're absolutely right. So, again, not a whole lot of information on this. Not supposed to open until 2021, but we are very excited to see the direction that we go. And then the last thing that we're going to hit on at, or at uh, where are we, Epcot? We're in Epcot. Yep. Ah. Last thing we're going to hit at Epcot is the new space-themed restaurant, which to me is kind of eh. It's eh unless the food's great. However, they're competing with the World Showcase food, so that's really hard. It- but it is going to be operated by... The co- a company that operates, I think, Tuto Italia. You're correct, yeah. And it's going to be adjacent to Mission Space, like you mentioned, and it will simulate outer space views somehow. Yeah, not quite sure. You know, when I hear this, I think of Be Our Guest, the back wall at Be Our Guest. Yep. I hope it's more than that, though. I hope it's more I, than I, that. I hope it is, too, but that's kind of what I think. You know, So you I see- think of Space Mountain Q. That's what I think of. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see, but that. I hope it's more than that as well. I mean, I hope it's much more than that. Well, I mean, I, if if Disney's going all in on the theming, this is going to have to be more than that. We don't have a whole lot of information about this either, other than it's coming. Well, you want to take the monorail ride over to Magic Kingdom for our final, and what I'm most excited about, probably. Yeah, I, I saved this for last because I'm most excited about this. Also, well, I'll let you lead the way. We've seen video of this of this attraction from Shanghai Disney, and this is uh, Tron Light Cycle Power Run. This is not expected to open until 2021, so we've got a couple of years before we see this. But, I mean, we, what is this ride? It's a roller coaster, right? Yes. Semi-enclosed. It's going to be fantastic at night. La- it's, it's a launch-based roller coaster. You kind of ride through the grid on your own light cycle. Takes place kind of under a canopy, reaches speeds 60 miles per hour. And the interesting thing for me is I'm wondering if the ride vehicle is going to feel similar to that at Flight of Passage. Because, you know, you lean, you kind of lean forward, you grip handlebars. It's like a motorcycle or a bike to me. Yeah, I, I this is the first thing I thought of when I saw this ride vehicle. And, I mean, you can obviously go on YouTube and watch the Shanghai ride. But, but yes, you kind of lean forward just like you do on Flight of Passage. There's a pad that comes down on your back to kind of lock you in place. 
I'm assuming there's something that comes over your legs too to, to really lock you in there. But yeah, this is going to be cool, especially at night. If you've seen Tron, you kind of already know what to expect. You know, this is obviously the, the light cycles from Tron. But yeah, I'm excited about this. Watching the watching the Shanghai videos, seeing you know seeing seeing them go through this ride, it's it's exciting. And this right here is the shot in the arm that Magic Kingdom needed from a thrill ride side of things. Yeah, you know the only thing that worries me about this is the location that it's going into. You know, it's it's going into Tomorrowland. It's going right next to Space Mountain, which is a good and bad thing. There's a lot of space back there, though. No pun intended. There is a lot of space back there, but I think of, you know, that gridlock that that you get right by kind of Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, that area. That area is pretty narrow. So if you get a big rush first thing in the morning or late at night going in or coming out of that area. Now, if you're if you're coming from the other side, it's not it's not going to be an issue. Yeah, if you're coming like past through Fantasyland, past the Tea Party, Cosmic Rays, it's not nearly as big of an issue. You're you are correct. But if you're coming if I, you're coming you know, up that right side by Monsters, Inc. and R.I.P. Stitch's Great Escape. Mm-hmm. It's brutal there, man. It is brutal. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm interested because in, so right now, whenever you see Space Mountain shut down for whatever reason during the day, people just, Tomorrowland's a wreck. I mean, they flood, they flood Buzz, they flood the people mover. But not Carousel now of Progress, gonna, interestingly enough. No, not Carousel. I flood. That's where I flood, too, mm-hmm. but... Now we're going to uh, see them flood Tron, which is already going to be a flooded area. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. But I, I am they super. They need to move that dance party that's back there. I think they will. I'm super excited to see this at Magic Kingdom. You know, when Shanghai Disney opened, we spent a month just watching videos of all the rides there, just jealous. And this was one of the rides that I was extremely jealous of. The other is, of course, the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. But we are not getting that as of yet. We'll get the last laugh, though. We'll get something close to it. Believe that. I hope so. I hope so. So anything else? That's it for the Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. I mean, I'm sure we missed some stuff. Hopefully, we didn't miss anything major. We didn't completely spaz on anything. If we did, let us know. Send send Matt a Twitter. He'll be uh, he'll be glad to respond to you on, on his yeah, and I mean, worldwide journeys for the CIA. The only, uh, the only thing, you know, at one point when a lot of these ride attractions rumors and confirmed rumors came out there was a theater that was going to be put inside of magic kingdom if you're wondering why we didn't mention that 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 project has been scrapped at least for now that is not something that is set to come to the magic kingdom so uh, again i mean that that did come out with the announcement of a lot of the attractions we've hit tonight now was that but, was that going in that kind of backstage area where you go to like check in for it, not so yes, scary that, i believe so and, yep and very merry yeah, it's it's an area that's not it's an area where guests can walk, but it's not open during normal park hours. They use it when the park is kind of overflow or they're trying to get people in or out in a really efficient and quick manner. Uh, and it's just a different route to the front of the park, basically. All right, well, uh, let's go to the uh, trivia question and secret for the week. Yeah, so starting with the secret, another did you know? So this may sound like common sense, but it's a lot harder than it. It's a lot easier said than done. So did you know that you'll never see two of the same character at one time at Disney World? And so what that means is Disney World has set times that each character is to be out and about, whether it's with guests and shows, meandering the park, character stuff. I mean, they have a very, very, very set schedule. And so Disney does this to protect the magic. I'll say it that way. And so, for example, you're not ever going to see 
a Mickey doing a Cinderella stage show and a Mickey meeting and greeting right inside of Adventureland. Uh, Disney makes make sure that no characters that are participating in another show within the park will ever be seen uh, at that same time in another area of the park. So that's kind of cool. And, and think about it. I mean, it D- Disney could have lines watching, you know, at a Mickey Mouse meet and greet in every part of Magic Kingdom if they wanted to. But, you know, they choose to hold the magic within and not have multiple Mickeys, which could ruin it for, for a young one. Uh, now, moving to the trivia question of last week, which was a fun one. It was, I'll remind, it, remind you what the trivia question was and give you the answer. Uh, basically, what we said, it's been well documented throughout our podcast that we love the utilidors that are located in Magic Kingdom. However, we want to know if you could tell us the other place that Disney World actually has something similar to utilidors, where you are not walking on the actual ground level. Uh, there's uh, stuff under you that Disney utilizes the space there. And where that is, that's Ep- it's in Epcot, and it's the American Adventure Pavilion. Uh, whenever you... Going to the American Adventure attraction, you were actually on the second floor. The first floor holds all of the props and audio animatronic scenes that you see throughout the attraction. So it's another area that Disney developed for Utilidors to store everything that needs to be had for that uh, that attraction. So we thought that was cool. Uh, and then let's go to this week's trivia question. As always, you can tweet us at podcast or email us at men do www at gmail.com with your answer this is an easy one but because our episode is releasing around halloween we had to give a haunted mansion question so can you tell us the ride vehicle name so what are the ride vehicles called within the haunted mansion we have mentioned it on our show plenty of times we have an episode you can probably find the answer in from last halloween but again just looking for the name of the ride vehicles that you move throughout the haunted mansion on what what are they called you can tweet us again at men do WDW podcast or email us at men do WDW at gmail.com with your answers. All right. Anything else for tonight? That's it for me. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at men do WDW podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at men do WDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.